Hello, greetings and salutations. This is Chris from Tennessee, and I am a Patreon supporter, but I am not a listener, because I never listen to I Doubt It with Dollamore. joining us for this session of worship music themed I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore. And seated right next to me, Brittany Page, that co-host who loves to proclaim her love. Am I supposed to do what you're doing? <laughs> or Because <laughs> no. I don't feel comfortable doing that. No. Mm-hmm. I just find it funny. Yes. That Dan... Bailey uh-huh. also sent in, as you just heard, yeah, a reimagined theme song in a worship format with crowd noise and everything, yeah, to the tune of our theme. It's to show Aaron <laughs> just how bad things can get around here, right? If the if the if the new theme, the real theme, yeah, makes you wanna wanna get up and raise your hands and praise a little bit do some worship yeah then uh what does that do that one should really knock your socks off yeah <laughs> so are you gonna replace this uh no this is the new one no to teach everyone a lesson this was uh this is a single use <laughs> a single use item yeah well hopefully dan didn't spend too much time on that then i don't think he expected to replace it i know i know <laughs> I I just find it very funny. Yeah, I love it. So as I mentioned, this is episode 397. I actually don't know if I mentioned it. Episode 397. Wow, we're almost to 400. Yeah. We have gotten some um, suggestions about what we should do for episode 400, and I don't think I'm going to take them because it involves a tremendous amount of going back through the show and finding moments kind of like a best of yeah, show. And yeah. I, I, don't, I don't have time, mm-hmm. nor really the motivation. Yeah, I mean, for, we for we also don't do a good job of cataloging what we talked about. There's no like system in place to easily find something. Even when someone, when we mention an old episode and I'll get a tweet and someone says, hey, can you refer me to that episode that you were mentioning? I'm like, I don't. No. <laughs> well, all the, all I try would, my best, but... All they would have to do is go back through and go to the website and type in the, a keyword, because mm-hmm. we do a pretty good job of tagging uh, shit in the episodes. Yeah. I mean, if you're looking for an episode of Donald Trump, all of the episodes will yeah, come up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we try to add a tag on to do it specific, but... That that gets complicated too because well, if it's like about rape culture, there's absolutely going to be a tag on that episode about rape culture. 
Yeah, I guess we try to do that. Yeah. But but still, I mean, we also aren't, we don't have an Excel spreadsheet where yeah, we're like, okay, yeah. this episode, uh, Jesse made a really good joke about dicks or, you know... <laughs> Really there, there's no there's there's no <laughs> do you get what i'm saying we don't we don't catalog the jokes that are made or yeah, we, yeah. there's no excel highlight reel plus thing. i make so many good jokes about dicks yeah. that uh it's hard it would be hard to keep up exactly <laughs> Yes, that's more the problem. Yeah, right. But I appreciate the thought that people have. <laughs> right. Um, it's it's just that that would be that would be difficult to do. So uh, before we get started here, I, I also want to say uh, one: I am not getting any better at segues apparently. But the, the other thing is about the contest that we're running right now mm-hmm. for all Patreon supporters who want to do the contest, uh, which is a a co-host. Of, of of an episode with us, right? And remember, we've <laughs> we've had some people say, "I have horrible stage fright." You know, I I am nervous about this. Just sending like yikes emojis. <laughs> yeah, we're not we're not going to come knock on your door with microphones and demand that you be on the show. Well, you you are going to have to yeah. respond to the email and that's right. and say give an affirmative consent. <laughs> yeah, you have to opt in. We're going to email yeah. Friday at 11:59 p.m. just before, so like Saturday morning we're going to email all patrons. So if you're not a patron on Patreon and you'd like to take part in the contest, you got to be on Patreon and you have till Friday to do that. We're going to email and then th- those who want to are going to have a day to email back. We're not going to fuck around and wait a bunch of time. Email back, and then we're going to assign a number to everybody who responds, and then it's going to be legit. We're not going to just, you know, we're going to make it legit. Somehow I'll figure out how to randomly pick a number, whether it be, um, you know. They have those programs. Yeah, there's I programs think, yeah. to do that. So um, it'll be, you, it's going to be over Skype, or if you happen to be in Southern California, or whether it be coincidentally, or you specifically come out, and turn it into a vacation. I wouldn't expect anybody to do that, but w- w- it's going to be a good time. Uh, and I think it's uh, it'll be fun. It'll be it'll be. Uh, I like doing new shit, so it, it, it's uh, it's something I'm excited about. Yeah, and just to avoid any problems when the email goes out, um, if you are concerned that you might be declined, like your card expired or something like that, you can go in and and just double check that because the email will just automatically go to process people only yeah not if so if your credit cards uh if the expiration date is expired or whatever and your card's been declined you won't be getting the email so and that's just an automatic process on patreon so so right on good times good times Mm -hmm. all right let's um i want to talk about this tony robbins thing Mm -hmm. tony robbins is a self-help guru type he's like the white deepak chopra yeah positive guy he's like six foot you know seven 45 he's got the hands the size of a goddamn gorilla i mean he's a giant guy yeah he sounds like it his voice is he sounds like a fucking monster he he, <laughs> he sounds like a large man yeah and he is worth a lot of money yeah well he got rich kind of in this uh peddling this power of positive thinking, kind of motivational speaking, um, believe in yourself kind of mumbo jumbo, which 
I guess some, there, there's a market for it. Some people feel like he really helps them. Oh, there's a market for it? These tickets to go to these events? Are they ridiculous? Well, right now, they're running a special for oh. anyone who... They're on sale, wants y'all. ...wants to go. Uh, but it says general admission ticket, regularly priced at 1095 a thousand bucks? Yeah. And Who I be- the fuck do you think he is? Beyonce well, or the Rolling Stones? I believe. Well, I think it's like a three-day event. So that makes it worth it. <laughs> that, that sounds like the worst time I, I could I could imagine. Also, you can make payments on it. So you can sign up for they it. Finance it. I don't. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's like that, but you can wow. sign up to break it up into payments. And but right now the the special is six hundred and fifty dollars for a single general admission ticket. And then they have other packages where you can have other kind of special things that happen. One of the tickets is three thousand dollars, depending on this package. The diamond premier package. Seating on the floor level, the firewalk experience. Oh, he, oh, he, he's one of those guys. The premier lounge, ultimate edge digital, you know, whatever that is. Um, a lot of buzzwords on the website. Oh, I would, I would expect nothing less. Uh, risk free satisfaction guarantee. That's yeah. good. So try people, to get your money back and see what how that works. Yeah. So people. <laughs> so anyway, he, he holds these seminars where hundreds and hundreds of people go. Yeah. To, to get the sage advice from motivational wonder, mm-hmm. Tony Robbins. Yeah. He, where he, they do firewalking bullshit. He has been able to overcome his obstacles. You mean being a giant uh, white man in and, America? And now he believes that everyone can do what he has done. Right. So I, I expect that everyone that goes to the events comes out being able to be the next Tony Robbins. Right. Right? Well, listen, the reason we're talking about him here is because he got himself in a little hot water relative to the Me Too movement. Let me play this little news package from ABC, briefly talking about it. And then I want to play the a more uh, lengthy clip of what he said during one of his seminars or arena speeches or whatever when confronted by a woman that she thought his, his views were uh, kind of shitty. Back now with an apology from self-help guru Tony Robbins. The outrage he caused in the middle of one of his seminars when discussing the Me Too movement. All of it caught on camera. Here's ABC's Ariel Reshef. He's the best-selling self-help guru known for rousing speeches. Massive action! And if that doesn't work, try something else. Daring stunts and celebrity followers like Oprah. But tonight, Tony Robbins taking heat after these comments. I'm not knocking the Me Too movement. I'm knocking victimhood. Fan Nanine McCool standing in front of this packed San Jose arena, pushing back. I hear you mischaracterizing the Me Too Then, this exercise, now drawing anger. When you push someone else, it doesn't make it more safe. It just makes them angry. Robin saying some men in Hollywood now afraid to hire women. Because I just saw someone the other day, very famous man, very powerful man, who's saying how stressed he is because he interviewed three people that day. One was a woman, two were men. The woman was better qualified, but she was very attractive. And he knew, I can't have him around because it's too big a risk and he hired somebody else. The founder of the Me Too movement calling the video deplorable, taking Robbins to task on Twitter. If you talk to more survivors and less sexist businessmen, maybe you'll understand what we want. We want to live a life free from shame. Tonight, Robbins with a mea culpa that read in part, 
I apologize for suggesting anything other than my profound admiration for the Me Too movement saying he, too, was a victim of abuse, something he spoke about with ABC's Robin Roberts in 2016. I suffered so much, I hate suffering. I, I do anything to help somebody not suffer and to live a life that they deserve. And Robin's also saying sometimes the teacher has to become the student. Tom, he says he wants to get connected with the women of the Me Too movement. All right, Ariel, thanks so much. So I want to read more of that apology. Let me say clearly... I agree with the goals of the Me Too movement and its founding message of empowerment through empathy, which makes it a beautiful force for good, which you could clearly hear that that's what he felt about it. Well, we're going to hear more. I'm going to play like six minutes. Get ready because it is it's filled with the classic empowerment. You got to be crazy. Yeah. You know, Anyway, go ahead. And he continues, (laughs) for 40 years, I've encouraged people to grow into the men and women they dream to be. I watch in awe as more and more women all over the world find their voice and stand up and speak out. All our growth begins with learning. My own started with a childhood marked by abuse. I am humbled that others have looked to the path I have taken in the decades since as lessons in their own journey. But sometimes the teacher has to become the student, and it is clear that I still have much to learn. So oh, that's great, right? Yeah. But this apology is exactly out of this playbook, right? Someone notable says something that they genuinely feel, that they genuinely believe. And then and rant for 11 minutes, the full clip is. And then they get some backlash. And then they have to say, I apologize. I love this phrasing for suggesting anything other than my profound admiration for the Me Too movement. So you you were genuinely f- speaking from the heart when you were saying these things. And now it's I apologize. Yeah. You know, I, it's just a very say, strange thing. Just double down, brother. Just say, hey, no, this is what I believe. I believe people cling to victimhood, and I think it's damaging and dangerous, and I instead would like to... I, I, I would think that would be courageous, especially in this environment. And, and that's a valid conversation to have, that um, people for too long cling to the bad shit that's happened to them. It could be argued without him being demonized. I I think that it's a little um, myopic to... I tell you what, why don't we play the clip? Okay. Because I haven't even listened. I just found a good endpoint and outpoint and didn't listen to the whole goddamn thing. So let's listen to Tony Robbins and this lady, Nanine, um go back and forth during the middle, by the way, with like, you know, there's thousands of people there. There's giant video screens and it's a woman with a microphone standing in the middle of the crowd, like in the aisles and him taking her question. So I think you misunderstand the Me Too movement. I think the Me Too... Not for you personally. I'm not misunderstanding you. You can educate me. I'm telling you I've read these because my life is about helping people have new choices. So when I see them, I've read so many, thousands. Have you read thousands? Or are you going to tell me what your experience of the Me Too movement is? Because I respect all of you. You can use the Me Too movement to be such a beautiful thing. I'm not knocking the Me Too movement. I'm knocking victimhood. Raise your hand if you follow it. And I'm not suggesting you have to agree with me. 
It's like the suggestion you consider what its impact is. Look at these people and see what is empowerment. Anger is not empowerment. What you're seeing is people making themselves significant by making somebody else wrong and getting certainty. And there's nothing wrong with that, it just won't make you happy. It won't make them better, it won't make you better. And oh, by the way, what did Jesus say, regardless of what religious belief is, you can be anybody, you don't have to be Jesus, but who should throw the stone? You shouldn't throw that stone if you live in a fucking glass house. Is there any one of us that hasn't done something that we prefer we not, or that we're embarrassed by, or was hurtful even we didn't end it to? Who here has never done anything of that nature in your life? Raise your hand. One liar. Thank you. Pause in there. Anger is not empowerment, Brittany. That is absurd. People are are absolutely justified and right to be angry about abuse that they've suffered at the hands of uh, a Harvey Weinstein, Mm -hmm. a child molester in their past, in their childhood. Mm -hmm. Why would... It is asinine to try to take that away from someone. And anger is not always um, non-productive. It can be a productive, positive force. Oh, for sure. For change. Mm-hmm. And then when he quotes the scripture, so no one should ever be held accountable for their crimes because everybody's a sinner. Mm-hmm. Get the fuck out of here. Well, I also, I don't understand the criticism of women coming out and sharing their experiences and trying to help other people with those experiences yeah. because isn't that the whole point of Tony Robbins? Yeah, you're not alone. You're, you're we're in this together. Well, I'm saying he talks about his life oh, and yeah. his experiences yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. and tries to get people to learn from them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, isn't that the whole point? Why of- is he holding on to that? Just let it go. Did he get angry? What propelled him to overcome his adversity? Right? What what was it? Was it <laughs> lust for cash? Was it <laughs> was it only positive emotions that he's felt? There were no negative emotions that propelled him forward Ugh. in his journey to yeah. overcome. Yeah. He continues. So I'm not mocking the Meet movement. I'm mocking victimhood. If you use the Meet movement to try to get significance and certainty by attacking and destroying someone else, you have to throw an ounce. All you've done is basically use a drug called significance to make yourself feel good. Or certainly. A drug called significance because it makes you feel significant mm-hmm. to stand up to your abusers. To stand up against men who for as long as men and women have been on the planet have been the dominant force. The abusive force. Again, Get the fuck out of here, Tony Robbins. And again, like you said, listen to him. He is with fervor making these points. He's it's not to be taken uh, out of context. He's not he, he's 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 clearly has these thoughts. He's clearly given thought to this matter. There are people who are using it for their own personal devices. 
but there are also a significant number of people who are using it not to re to relive whatever may or happened to them, but to make it safe for the young women who by characterizing what you have. I love you, so I, I please take I, I don't feel attacked in any way. I just want, I'm glad you did this. The reason I want to engage is because I don't want to be misinterpreted. You're using it differently than some other people. What I'm suggesting to you is it's easy to see when a person gets angry and attacks. Rarely. Watch this. Come over here. Yes, please. So we want to explain what he's doing here. Kind of paint the picture. Again, he's a giant man. He makes me look like a little guy. He's six seven. Six foot seven, and he is he is a disproportionately large six foot seven. He's not uh Dekit Matumbo. He's not a you know, a skinny, tall guy. Mm -hmm. He's a big just a, a hulk of a man. He's a giant guy. Mm -hmm. And she's a little lady. He's walking up to her. He puts his fist out mm -hmm. and starts pushing her back. Mm -hmm. That's what's happening here. Watch. Put out your fist. Why are you pushing back? I didn't tell you to push back. Why are you pushing back? Why are you pushing so hard? So you're telling me that the harder I push, the more you're going to comply and I'm going to be safe. Well, Chopper says don't resist. I don't give a fuck what Chopra says. <laughs> I know, Mr. Chopra. This has nothing to do with it. You're still resisting. She's still pushing on me. I've pointed out she's still pushing on me. Why is she still pushing? And when you push someone else, it doesn't make you more safe. It just makes them angry. It's awareness. It's not pushing. Uh, in Hollywood, where most of this is the most intense, I have so many clients there. And I talk to men all the time, and it breaks my heart for the women, not for men. Because I just was someone the other day, very famous man, very powerful man, who's saying how stressed he is because he interviewed three people that day. One was a woman, two were men. The woman was better qualified, but she was very attractive. And he knew I can't have him around because it's too big a risk, and he hired somebody else. I've had a dozen men tell me this. Too, too big of a risk for what? For his, like, impulses to rape her? Or what What are... Or every attractive woman is a threat because she's um, bereft of integrity and is going to make a false allegation. Which is it? It's one of those two things. Yeah, I. this is so strange to me. And someone who has as much clout as he does and as much reach... The fact that he's choosing to emphasize this message seems particularly disturbing. Um, although I, I do think the crowd primarily is with her rather than him. Uh, at least when she says things, they tend to cheer for what she says and not what yeah. he says. Yeah. It Even though he does the let's let's take everybody to church thing and... How do we feel about that? You know. <laughs> yeah, also, also, well, I mean, he's trying to. You know, that's he wants to include. I, I think, uh, to, to a large degree, some of those people aren't getting what they paid for. Mm -hmm. They didn't come to hear a debate about me too. Yeah, they want to feel motivated. Ugh, my life is in shambles. I need to be told to keep a positive attitude. Right. But 
the, the pushing thing it is such a fucking parlor trick. You know, why are you pushing back? Because you're in my space, dude. Yeah. <laughs> you're pushing me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to resist being pushed around. Yeah. That should be a positive thing. Right. Don't let the world fuck with you. Don't let this giant monkey push you around. Right. And even when he said, when you you push back, it makes the person angry. So is that what we should be worried about? We should be worried about upsetting abusers. And and aggressors. We should just know our role. Or is his whole deal about taking the world and like bending it to your will? Right. With your positive thinking right, and right, with, right. W- with your goals and whatever. Or are we 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 just have to kind of go along with what we're given? Which is it? <laughs> well, it's, uh, we can we can have access to anything. We're capable of anything. Yes. We can bend the world to our will or we just have to sit back and take it and not get angry and relax. Be meek. Just take a chill pill. Just eventually shit will work out for you. Yeah. Don't take charge of your life. Resist. Ugh. So I want you to know, I'm not telling you what to do. No, you're giving me, you're giving me the excuse. You're telling me that the more I push, the more I'm going to be safe. Is it true? It's not. Listen to me. There are plenty of women in this room and plenty of you have a different point of view. I'm not asking you to take my point of view. I'm asking you. So in the case of uh, someone, let's take it to the rape thing. If someone's going to rape you, harm you, insert themselves in your space, don't push. It'll just make them angry. Mm -hmm. I mean, even in the context of um, sexual abuse, what he's saying is fucking horrific and short-sighted, to say the least. It's not thought through. Yeah. It, It is clearly a man who has gone through his life being a powerful people get out of the way for Tony Robbins not just because he's you know a multi multi millionaire dozens of times over mm-hmm. but the fact that he's a giant white man mm-hmm. with that voice yeah and hands the size of a fucking hubcap mm-hmm. you know yeah you consider how you use anything technology me to anything I don't mean technology wrong either some people you mean technology wrong no it's, we want to use it, not let it use us. Raise your hand if you follow us. No. And if you and I are going to free ourselves, freedom doesn't come from more anger and freedom comes out. So I think anyone who's been hurt so, should be able to express it. They should be able to go get restitution, should be able to solve it anyway. So are minorities not supposed to protest? Not supportive not of is there anything? How many talk? I didn't say you were. Well, I was saying that. I didn't say you were. I never said that you personally were using it that way. I said, if you see people using that way, stop. If you catch yourself using that way, stop. How many of you have found technology was supposed to make you less stressed and give you more time? How many remember that story? How's that shit working for you so far? How many have more stress in your life than you did before? But how many are also more productive? So everything can be a two-edged sword. I'm just trying to get you to see where the sword is hurting. Because for every action, there's an equal and opposite what? I'm not talking to you as a man. I'm talking to you as a human being that's dealt with tens of millions of people from a hundred countries. And here's what I can tell you. There are patterns that make you angry. There are patterns that make you sad. There are patterns that excite you. There are patterns that make you grateful. you got to choose your patterns well. Because otherwise, you'll let the culture choose them for you. And if you choose them for yourself, I have no problem. You are a leader 
to an influential man. Yes. And you are doing a disservice, in my opinion, to the Me Too movement. And I wish you were doing a disservice. I can't do a disservice because everyone in this room that believes whatever she believes will continue to do it. It's not just about what women believe, it's about what people believe. Just because you were yeah. Yeah. What are you telling me different than what I said? I told you some people misuse it, and you're telling me you don't. I'm not saying you do. But you characterize the entire movement. I didn't tell you what I said. Yep, this is yep. use it. So blah, 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 blah. Um, <laughs> I, it's just, it's, it's weird to me, number one, that he has been able to do what he does for this long. Yeah. Um, and I don't mean to be insulting to anyone who finds value in what he does. Come on, this guy's a fucking snake oil salesman. Come on. But I, I just, I don't get it. And I don't like anyone who says, this is my story. This is how I overcame it. And you can do that too. And you should do it my That's way That's not too. how this works. Everyone is different. Everyone has different access to resources, different abilities. Um, you, you, It's not equal. Yeah. We don't have an equal playing field. So Tony Robbins can say, this is what I did to overcome my obstacles. But that doesn't mean that someone can just take that as a blueprint for their life and go out and do exactly what he did. Um, and it's very frustrating that these people become figures doing this yeah um he needs to account for his luck in becoming mr tony robbins yeah and there's certainly a lot of that and you can't (laughs) say hey go find some more luck you know yeah 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 um so Uh, can i can i say i find it very um ridiculously bereft of empathy that he says i'm not talking to you as a man yes you are dude yeah. You are talking to her as a man. Mm-hmm. And it seems as though you're discounting her experience mm-hmm. because you view the way, th- view the world through the eyes of the six foot seven white dude, right. multimillionaire. Right. Well, and that's evident even in the anecdote that he chose of the powerful man who can't hire the hot woman because of the problems it will cause at work. That's what he feels sympathy for. Yeah, yeah, right. (laughs) That's the kind of situation that he feels is especially problematic. And if he wasn't a rich white guy, he maybe would empathize with a different situation. Yeah. Find a different situation more problematic. But this one ranks highest for him. Yeah. In terms of (laughs) like the violation that this guy is receiving because of the Me Too movement. Well, there was an interesting comment in there from the, I'm assuming the the girl who was filming. Yeah. About what are minorities not supposed to, are black Americans who are protesting with Black Lives Matter right now Mm -hmm. to push back against a clear and present danger to their community in the way of police brutality. Right. Are they supposed to just sit down? Ah, Eventually, people, they'll get it right. We don't need to do anything. Don't resist. It's going to make the the pusher angry. Yeah, and I also, even going to the victimhood thing, I don't know how he thinks that women talking about their experiences somehow translates to them saying that they are victims and having like a victimhood mentality. 
isn't he touring the planet to share how he experienced adversity? Well, and, adversity. Yeah, Tony so Robbins. Again, I keep <laughs> I keep coming back to this where it's like this is what he does. He shares yeah. his experiences. And then he's criticizing other people for sharing their experiences and trying to mobilize a movement. If he has gone through I don't know his background, so Yeah, I don't know. Either. I don't know if he was molested as a kid. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But he is clearly because of the fact, largely because of, you know, like you said, luck, but also the fact that he he uh, he has the gift of, of speech. He can convince people. He's he, his he's stature. His stature has clearly helped him. His physical stature. Yeah. Um, because he's been able to weave uh, his tragedy, if he has any, into fucking gold. Yeah. Almost literally. Right. That's not an, that shouldn't be an expectation of everyone. Mm-hmm. He's the outlier. Yeah. Not everybody's going to be able to reproduce those re- results. Right. Yeah. I, I I would wonder what kind of tragedy he's gone through. Mm-hmm. Is it hard for him to find rings that fit his fucking sausage fingers? Is mm-hmm. that <laughs> you know what what in his daily life is the the real struggle? Yeah, having to have clothes that are made for him specifically. <laughs> Custom going to the clothes. big and tall store. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, I don't know what I don't know what they are. I don't know what his what his adversity is, and if it's there, and I'll take him at his word that it is. I I think it's good that people talk about what they've been through. I just don't like people using that and then trying to say like this will work for you. Yeah. Um. And I did it. You can too, because that kind of mentality is the pick yourself up by your bootstraps kind of thing. Um. I was able to come out of it. You can too. And that's not necessarily true. So I I just don't like this kind of conversation. <laughs> yeah. Uh being being pushed on to people. Also, he's, the guy's acting like an asshole. Yeah, I mean, if if he put his <laughs> hands on me and uh I mean I'm sure they sign a consent form that says he can do whatever he wants at these events. Uh, <laughs> He's going to throw you on your face on the coals. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, like you're just signing all of your rights away. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, It's like joining the military when you, when you go to one of his stupid seminars. Yeah, I, I assume. But I would still be unhappy with that. I'd yeah. be like, come on, get... I'm not coming near you. He's like, come over here. Uh, no, thanks. I'm good. I'm not going to come over there. Right. Thank you, sir. All right. We'd love to know what you think. Of course, 657-464-7609. Email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. I do want to talk about a survey that's related to this, though, uh, because he's he's hitting on important differences that exist between men and women, Republicans and Democrats, on their perception of the Me Too movement. Mm-hmm. And the Washington Post did a survey. It was called Sexual Harassment at Work in the Era of Me Too. And they basically wanted to determine how people are feeling about these issues in the workplace, given the aftermath of Me Too. So they found that 68% of Republican men and 59% of Republican women say it is harder for men to interact with female colleagues, while 45% of Democratic men and 40% of Democratic women feel the same. Okay, So Republican men and women generally think that it's harder for men to interact with female colleagues where so democratic weird. men and women feel that that is like less of a, a concern here. <laughs> Even the 40% from Democrats seems very high and weird to me. It, it does seem high. Yeah. Um, if you're not doing something, that's a problem. 
then it's not hard to interact. Well, I, I think I think they're probably just responding to a statement. Is it harder for men? So hmm. this doesn't mean it's legitimate, but they're saying, yeah, it's harder for men to interact with women. And you have kind of seen this. What Tony Robbins was Tony Robbins was referring to about this guy not wanting to hire this attractive woman where Mike Pence kind of initiated initiated this conversation yeah. before the Me Too movement thing even started when he said that he doesn't go to dinner alone with women uh, without his wife. Or work late even. Right. Yeah. And kind of started this conversation of, really, you're like shutting women out of positions because you can't be alone with a woman? Really? Right. You know? Um. So there is this disparity, though, between Republicans and Democrats on on this issue, obviously. So weird. So 63% of liberal women and 56% of liberal men say there is a major problem of women not being believed after reporting misconduct compared to 34% of conservative women and 21% of conservative men. <laughs> how, how, does, how does that work when... All of the cases that we hear where women are not believed, where women are asked, what were you, how much did you have to drink? What were you wearing? Those aren't just tropes that are, you know, made up bullshit. That's, that's really a thing mm -hmm. where they're, they're making rape victims pay for their own rape kit. Yeah. Where colleges on mass we're finding out are discouraging rape victims from reporting their the the the, the, the crime against them to police how the fuck are people coming away and saying no no it's not a it's not a problem mhm mm that's just bizarre to me. So slightly more than half of the people surveyed overall, 51%, said the heightened focus on sexual harassment in the workplace has created new challenges for men at work. Okay. Like Tony Robbins yeah. illustrated. Men were more likely to hold this belief, 55%, than women, 47%. The, the, the real challenge for men at work is... You don't get to be an asshole anymore. Yeah, it's really fascinating. I mean, <laughs> we watch Mad Men and we think, oh, my God. <laughs> well, apparently not. Apparently Republicans go, oh, the good old days. <laughs> well, apparently people are not that far away from that. I mean, maybe they're more alarmed by the smoking in the office than the ass slaps or something. <laughs> right. I don't I don't know. But what are the new challenges? Navigating... I mean, you can't touch people. That should have always been a thing. I don't get to honk my secretary's boobs anymore. Yeah, you... Shit's real tough for me. The body talk should be, like, non-existent, right? <laughs> that should have been a thing yeah. before. Well, listen, there's a there's a difference between, oh, you look nice today. Right, that's not body talk. That's not body talk. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of people conflate that, mm -hmm. but a lot of people think that's what they're doing mm -hmm. when they, oh... Boy, that makes your boobs look big or you, your butt looks really good. And that that is not you look nice today. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think a lot of dudes, I mean, sh an obvious shocking number mm -hmm. of people don't think about this shit the right way. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, so roughly six in 10 Democrats and left-leaning independents said men who commit sexual harassment and evade punishment are a big concern. Um, 60% of this group felt the same way about people doubting women's claims. Only 33% of Republicans and right-leaning independents said men getting away with sexual harassment was a major problem. And 28% reported the same worry about women not being believed. <laughs> so there's clearly uh-huh. just there's a, there's a divide here in the concerns about sexual harassment, how men are having to change, what this means for women, um, (laughs) whether or not men who get away with it, is that a big problem or not? This really illustrates why conservatism left me a long fucking time ago. You know, how I don't bristle anymore about being called a liberal, even Mm -hmm. calling myself a liberal. Mm -hmm. Because if this is what it's about... Republicans, it's the party of protecting men. Mm-hmm. Clearly, this Republican Party is the party of protecting uh, uh, ne'er-do-wells, people who do bad shit. Well, and we see a lot of times in these surveys about how Republicans feel about drone strikes on Syria, for example. And if Obama is in office, they do not approve of them. If Donald Trump is in office, that approval rate jumps up. You see this in many different areas. And so I'm wondering how much of Donald Trump being in office is influencing these Republicans who respond to these survey questions. Because they they do the, they put the one, two and two together and they realize, oh, if I say this, I'm talking bad about my president. Right. And I got to be loyal to my team. Right. So when they say, I don't feel men getting away with sexual harassment is a major problem, are they thinking of Donald Trump? Yeah, I wonder. In that moment. Are yeah. they thinking, uh, what is this question trying to get at the pussy grabbing tape? Yeah, it's not a big deal. You know, what goes through their head when they go to respond to that question? We don't know. Yeah. But I do wonder how much of an influence their support of Donald Trump has on on their perception of these questions. So do I. It's a good times. Good times. Mm-hmm. All right. We'd love also to hear what you think about that. Yes. Drop the phone number one more time, 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email that voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash idoubtitwithdollamore. And it is... Ever growing. Yes. So let's go with the people who upped their pledge first. In the wake of some of this, I think, is probably because we're doing a contest, which is awesome. Right. But some of this is also, you know, people responding to the fact that we suffered uh, a a substantial uh, deficit when we shit talked, when I shit talked Sam Harris. Mm-hmm. Um, people were unhappy. Yeah. I haven't looked at the numbers and we probably lost listeners, but you know what? Yeah, it's it's all part of the, the process. Exactly. <laughs> so Samuel. Samuel. Henry. Henry. Karen. Karen. Kingsley. Kingsley. Crystal. Crystal. Meg. Meg. And Stephanie. And Stephanie. All edited their pledge. You are all beautiful, loyal, wonderful, magnificent, 
tremendous. Yes. I, I mean, it, I could put it in words, you know. Tippy top shape. You guys are just tippy top. Tippy top. Tippy top. And then we have some new Patreon supporters. Mm. James. James. Nicole. Nicole. And Ian. Ian. At Team Ian. There you go. That is fantastic. Thank you all. We really do. Uh, we talk about the Patreon family. And we uh, we mean it. We, we we feel a kinship and a bond with our with our with our listeners. I think we do something different than than most shows of our type, with the amount of listener feedback and 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 listener participation that we do. And uh, you guys are special. What we have is special here, and we uh, we appreciate very much, very much the support. So. Uh, again, if you if you want to be a part of that contest to uh, to co-host a show with us, any amount, any amount, mm-hmm. um, we are it's Patreon. It's dollamore.com slash Patreon. That'll redirect you over, and you have till Friday. Don't wait to sign up, and then we'll send the email, and then we'll give you what two days to respond to it. Uh, yeah, we'll let you know in the email. Yeah, we'll we'll let you know in the email. <laughs> All right. Dilemocracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So before we move on and talk about the chaos this week, then I'm just kind of we're gonna kind of briefly go over the chaos, the insanity, the the wild clip of the pace of the news in this administration. It's just bizarre how one week, half a week worth of news would have would have devastated any other news cycle in any other presidency, but it is just normal for this presidency. Mm-hmm. Think about the number of scandals, true, real scandals. What? That Donald Trump has... Scandals? <laughs> There have been scandals. I'm not sure that of which you speak. Yeah, That's I don't. A... I don't think there's any scandals. Well, before we jump into that, I mean, I watch only certain types of media, so <laughs> there may be some things that I'm missing. You're but watching I... Hannity and the Comey crime family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Should we talk about that before we start? Yeah, sure. Because I I loved this write up in the Daily Beast about this because Donald Trump tweeted and basically promoted Sean Hannity's show. He said... That's right, I saw that. Yeah. Nine o'clock's going to be a big show. How the fuck's he know what's going to be on, the, on Hannity's oh, show? Oh, I wonder how he knows. <laughs> how does he know? It, it really is. Does he have a personal relationship with Hannity? Yes, he does. They have dinner. Yes. Okay. Um, alone. With each other. <laughs> Tippy top shape. Okay. So he's asking his followers to tune into the show. And then you tune into the show. And... The, the graphic that they put up is the Mueller crime family, question mark, with Mueller in the, at the top, right? And it looks like a... Uh, like a cork bulletin board. Yeah, a cork bulletin board where they have the little pictures and then there's like lines going from the different people connecting the people to the different crimes. Like, like beautiful mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like a beautiful mind. That's a great comparison. 
And so there's a line going from Moeller to Comey. There's a line going from Moeller to Rod Rosenstein. Okay, there's all these connections in the crime you family. You mean all these people who have spent their careers working for the Justice Department and the FBI? They happen no, to no, know no, each no, other? No, no, How no. weird. No, all these people that are <laughs> that are in the criminal connections of Bill and uh, Hillary Clinton. Wow. Which is what he's talking about. You mean all these Republicans? <laughs> Who are all Clinton lackeys, apparently. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Okay, so he, he spent his time on the show outlining the criminal connections of Bill and Hillary Clinton, special counsel, counsel Robert Mueller, and former FBI director James Comey. He accused Mueller of prosecutorial impropriety <laughs> from, quote, looking the other way as a federal prosecutor in Boston at serial killer and gangster James Whitey Bulger, uh, his, his crimes to prosecuting the wrong man for a post 9-11 anthrax attack. <laughs> um, he, he mentioned Democratic donors, connections to the Clinton family, and FBI agents who texted anti-Trump messages, right? All this same stuff. Also, this is the same Sean Hannity that is get, who got Fox News sued for pushing the Seth Rich conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. He had to apologize. Fox News had to apologize Yeah, for putting this family through hell, putting forward this, this conspiracy theory that he was killed by the Democrats because he knew too much. Yeah, Hillary Clinton is a murderer. Un- fuck Sean Hannity. So then this was basically his conclusion that there are three connected quote, deep state crime families actively, <laughs> quote, trying to take down the president, end quote. So think of this, though. If this is your main source of information and you've been indoctrinated with this message that any media that criticizes the president is fake news and this is the only real news, this is what you genuinely believe. Yeah. Because anything contrary to this is a threat and is not to be believed. So and listen, don't I know that our audience probably isn't a, a ton of Fox News watchers out there, but don't kid yourself about the levels to which they will sink to avoid talking about the real stories like Cohen, Michael Cohen, Trump's lawyer being his offices being raided, right. his hotels <laughs> being raided, right. his home being raided. Instead, Tucker Carlson talks about horny pandas. Yeah, the, the how sex they're, they're crazed just fuck pandas. Machines. Yeah. <laughs> They're fearsome fuck machines. Oh you have God. no idea how crazy it is. End quote. <laughs> and uh, apparently, though, this is the interesting thing, too, because James Comey's getting ready to start his book tour. Yeah. And everyone is super excited about it. I bet. <laughs> and he told NBC he used the phrase mob boss to describe the way that Donald Trump behaves. And so think of that, that James Comey goes on MB- ABC and says that Donald Trump acts like a mob boss. And Sean Hannity's team rushes to concoct this crime family story. Yeah. Relating it to the comment that James Comey made, like almost as a preemptive strike now that he's floating out this phrase mob boss to try to get cover for it with his audience and supporters before James Comey really starts putting that phrase out there um, fully on other networks. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, Am I making it's, sense? It's, yeah, it's 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 uh, it's like taking the wind out of the sails of that of that that uh, metaphor. Yeah, trying to put something there before it 
so then they're like, oh, yeah, we know why James Comey's saying that. It's because of the crime family connections that <laughs> Moeller has. The deep state crime families. Uh, it is. It really. These are very bizarre, bizarre times. And then we're not even we didn't even plan. This isn't even on the board to talk about this Hannity thing. But it's concerning. No, for sure. No, I'm not shitting on you for bringing it up. It is weird because I, well, I wanted to talk about the Jimmy Kimmel craziness that happened with him. Oh, yeah. And then all this other shit broke, so we weren't going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. But, <coughs> but yeah, I'm not going to edit that out. We, we, uh, this entire <laughs> Jimmy Kimmel thing, <laughs> go back and read the tweets between Jimmy Kimmel and, uh, and Sean Hannity. Mm-hmm. It is bizarre mm-hmm. how ratcheted up Hannity got. Okay, well, let's tell... Calling him a pervert and shit. Let's tell everyone what happened, because I don't think that we talked about it. No. So just in case you haven't heard about it, so Jimmy Kimmel did a segment where he played Melania Trump reading to the kids, I believe, on the Easter egg roll. Yeah, and she has her accent and says, this and that. Right, and so Jimmy Kimmel played that and then thought that was funny and laughed about it. And... Sean Hannity decided to spend some time talking about this attack that Jimmy Kimmel made on the first lady. And he was very fired up about this. I mean, he looked like he had tears in his eyes talking about this attack. (laughs) Brittany is not speaking um, figuratively. He looked like he was so worked up that he was crying, that he was very emotional. He was very emotional. And he said, how many languages do you speak? She speaks many languages. You know, he was... He was very angry about this. And Jimmy Kimmel, I think, responded to that. And then it just turned into this thing where Sean Hannity's team started digging up old clips of Jimmy Kimmel on The Man Show, you know, walking around Santa Monica with like a fake erection in his pants, trying to touch women with it. And he started calling him Harvey Weinstein Jr. Yeah. And using the hashtag pervert, pervert Kimmel or perverted Kimmel. I don't know which yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. And so he was trying to almost create this me too thing for Jimmy Kimmel using these old clips of the man show. Knowing what the, the outcome could be, which would be completely devastating his career. Well, I mean, you call someone Harvey Weinstein Jr. Yeah. And... <laughs> it's clear what you're trying to do there. It, it's just so just patently absurd, though, that, that he spends his entire show, his career now, is dedicated to defending an actual Harvey Weinstein Jr. in Donald Trump. Yeah, and Jimmy Kimmel would point that out in this kind of Twitter war that they were engaged in. And at one point, Jimmy Kimmel tweeted something about uh, Sean Hannity being a bottom to Donald Trump. That's right, yeah. And that was really... That, that Donald Trump fucks him. That was really upsetting to the LGBTQ community. And so Jimmy Kimmel decided to issue an apology and say that he didn't mean to upset everyone and that the the level of discourse had kind of gotten out of control because people were tweeting his wife. And, death threats. Yeah, and death threats. Baby fucking dies. Yeah, and the baby was born with a heart defect and has had... Um, a couple of heart surgeries and so they were saying that they want the baby to be buried in a box all of these terrible I mean just the worst things that you could say to a person yeah Jimmy Kimmel's wife was receiving on Twitter because he made fun of her accent because he's it's yeah and all of this started because show. of that yeah and you just think about that and it's it's crazy that these these people are tweeting these things I mean whatever so Jimmy Kimmel apologizes says that things have gotten out of control Sean Hannity tweets and says that he's going to 
respond on his show, tune in the next day. No one cares. But he said that his team has accumulated a lot of stuff that will make Jimmy Kimmel look bad. So if he wants to go to war again, be prepared. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't back down. He didn't also say, yeah, I you know, he said, oh, my religion requires me to uh, accept your apology is pretty much what he said. Yeah. And he was kind of... And the graphic over his shoulder said, Kimmel backs down. Yeah, he was kind of laughing about this. And it it isn't funny when, again, he was laughing about her accent. And then you start trying to get people to think he's a rapist. Yeah. There seems to be like an incongruent (laughs) (laughs) issue there, right? (laughs) What what are you doing? Ugh. So anyway, let's get back on track here. Uh, Michael Cohen's offices were raided. It is clearly Donald Trump, to say he's unhinged, I think he's unraveling emotionally. Just reading his tweets, seeing his his body language, because you know everybody, I'm a, I'm a body language expert. Mm-hmm. What is this, the O'Reilly, <laughs> O'Reilly factor? O'Reilly used to have me on all the time. Yeah, Are we in the no spin zone right now? <laughs> but he looks like he is... On the, on the verge of cracking up. Mm. He's very fucking not, not having a good time. Yeah. That they are getting close. But what's weird about these raids is we really don't know. Like there's all these leaks coming out that we, that it's about like now it's, it's about Stephanie Clifford, uh, Stormy Daniels, Karen McDougal, maybe another lady. Now they're saying that they want all the information related to the Access Hollywood pussy grabbing tape. Yeah, I want to pause real quick because when you were saying that he's cracking up and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. I I thought the camera was on me and I was like looking into it, connecting with the listeners with a sarcastic look on my face. And then you, you worried that people will really think that you were agreeing with me. Yeah. So if you couldn't tell in my voice, I... Tippy top shape. <laughs> so... So now Donald Trump is, we are closer to Donald Trump firing Robert Mueller or taking the steps to replace Rod Rosenstein to enable him to fire Robert Mueller because Rosenstein's not going to do that. And uh, he believes he can. Donald Trump believes he himself has the power to make a call and say, you're fired, and then Robert Mueller not have a job. The president furious over the FBI raid on his personal attorney. And this question tonight, does the president have the power to fire the special counsel, Robert Mueller? The White House late today saying the president certainly believes he does. It comes 24 hours after we learned of the raid on attorney Michael Cohen's home, his office and his hotel room. Tonight, we have new reporting here on what they were looking for and the president calling the raid an attack on our country. ABC's chief White House correspondent, Jonathan Carl, leading us off. In the wake of the surprise raid on his lawyer's office, President Trump is now openly musing about what once seemed unthinkable, firing special counsel Robert Mueller. Why don't I just fire Mueller? Well, I think it's a disgrace what's going on. We'll see what happens. But I think it's really a sad situation when you look at what happened. And many people have said you should fire him. Does the president believe he has the power to fire special counsel Robert Mueller? Does he believe that's within his power? Uh, certainly believes he has the power to do so. But there's real doubt about that. Justice Department regulations say the special counsel, quote, can be removed from office only by the personal action of the attorney general. Since Jeff Sessions recused himself, the acting attorney general in this case is his deputy, Rod Rosenstein. So it's unclear what exactly the president can do. 
What is clear? The president is furious the FBI raided the home, office, and hotel room of his longtime personal attorney, Michael Cohen. And it's a disgrace. It's frankly a real disgrace. It's a, an attack on our country in a true sense. It's an attack on what we all stand for. The White House is standing by those words today. In what way is an FBI raid on Michael Cohen's office an attack on our country? Uh, I think that the president has been clear uh, that he thinks that this has gone too far. But that, that accounts to an attack on our country? Uh, again, I think the president has been clear what his position is. I don't have anything else to add at this point. The president's closest confidants tell us he is now less inclined to be interviewed by Mueller, something he has repeatedly pledged to do, even under oath. His anger is also aimed at Attorney General Sessions, who recused himself from the Russia investigation. He should have certainly let us know if he was going to recuse himself, and we would have used a, put a different Attorney General in. So he made what I consider to be a very terrible mistake for the country. But you'll figure that out. Sessions was at the White House today, but to celebrate the college football champions, not to meet with the president. Mr. Attorney General, have you spoken with the president today? Hey, not today. Roll Tide. Republican leaders in Congress have a blunt message for the president. Do not fire the special counsel. He shouldn't be removed from the office. He should be allowed to finish the job. I think the president's too smart to, uh, <laughs> to, to fire Mr. Mueller. If he did, it wouldn't end the investigation. So let's get to John Carl live at the White House tonight. And John, Sarah Sanders telling you today that the president believes he does have the power to fire the special mm -hmm. counsel. Many then asking if that's the case. And you followed up with the White House. What are they saying tonight? The White House has not offered a specific legal rationale for that yet. Uh, but there is a real debate over whether or not the president has the authority to fire the special counsel. On one hand, you saw those Justice Department regulations that say clearly only the attorney general or acting attorney general can fire him, but there are some legal experts that say those are Justice Department regulations and therefore apply to the Justice Department, not to the president himself. All right, John Carl at the White House for us tonight. John, thank you. So there's a website that is organizing people. It is a, 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 a place to hook up with other people who are going to protest if he moves to fire Robert Mueller, if he removes Rod Rosenstein. Go to trumpisnotabovethelaw.org. We'll put this in the show notes. Trumpisnotabovethelaw.org. And you can find within your zip code, likely, where to go, what time to go. It's a very organized movement because this needs to be registered as an outrage, the outrage that it is. I would encourage everybody to take part in that. It needs to be bigger than the, the March for Our Lives. Bigger than the tax march. Bigger than the women's march. This is what, if he if he is successful in shutting down this, this investigation, which is doubtful that it would, would be the case, but there's a chance people need to take to the streets and register their, their, their outrage. I love the delicate way with which these people have to answer these questions. They have to do a little ego massage. On, he's too smart. Yeah, he's he's too smart to do something like that. The guy looks directly into the camera, right? <laughs> you know, because they know that they're speaking to him when they say those yeah. things. They're trying to convince him of that, that it's not a good thing to do. Or that you would be stupid to do it. You're only, you only maintain your smartness if you do the, this thing. 
It, it's it's like manipulation 101. Yeah, they have to send those little messages because there's a child in office right. who is upset and angry and just acting out of his emotions. Right. I mean, doesn't have a-, have a lot of emotional <laughs> regulation happening. <laughs> we have a president that gets his daily briefing in the form of a fucking pop-up book. You know, he's not a smart guy. Mm-hmm. He, it shouldn't be so easy to fucking manipulate him. Yeah. So, the other thing is that now Devin Nunes, the absolute fucking Trump lackey who runs around doing Donald Trump's legwork, saying he's... Everybody knows about Devin Nunes. He said this to Laura Ingram on Fox News about impeaching Christopher Ray and Rod Rosenstein. What are the chances you're going to hold them in contempt of Congress? Right now. Uh, well, I can just tell you that we're, we're not going to just hold in contempt. Uh, we will have a plan to hold in contempt and to impeach. To impeach Christopher Ray? Absolutely. Rod Rosenstein. We're not, we're not messing around here. They're going to give these two. They're going to say you're just documents. Trump's lackey here. You're doing Trump's bidding. That's what the Democrats, they've been demonizing you from the beginning. I've been the subject of some demonization myself, so I know how it goes. But they're going to demonize you and say, oh, you're just going to run over the White House, help Trump out every time you, uh, he needs, he's in a jam. Yeah, well, as I said before, whenever I see evidence of Russian collusion, I'll be the first person standing out there on the steps of the Capitol that I found the Russian collusion with the Trump campaign. I haven't found it yet, but I found a whole lot of other stuff that always puts DOJ and FBI in a bad light, unfortunately. Uh, the- so the, the Republican Party is just, this guy's in leadership. He's the chairman of the House Intel, Intel Committee. Mm-hmm. And he's maligning, talking about impeaching both Rod Rosenstein, Steen, whichever his name is, and Christopher Ray, two Donald Trump appointees to their positions. Mm-hmm. What the fuck is happening? Yeah. And then, oh, I'll be the first. No, you won't. You wrote your bullshit fake in, uh, Republican memo. The Nunes memo. Release the memo. Release the memo. That contained no, nothing of, of note. I'm really fascinated. And if there's someone out there who can refer us to someone <laughs> that can fulfill my desires here, I would love to talk to someone who lived through the Nixon ordeal mm-hmm. and supported him i guess through that and what they think about this situation now or if or if any of the listeners have talked to someone in this situation yeah because i'm wondering if there are people who can recognize similarities in behavior and just the overall situation and if that gives them pause or if they just are so caught up in the partisanship that it doesn't really matter um, no matter how similar the situations are, even knowing what we know now about Nixon. Yeah. Um, I can tell, look, I can tell you, you and I both listened to that Slow Burn podcast. Right. Slate's podcast, Slow Burn, about, about the Watergate scandal, the whole thing. Yeah. And it is like holding up a mirror to 2018, to 2017. Yeah. And there have to be people out there that lived through that and are able to kind of... I don't know, check themselves a little bit here, you think, you know? You would think. Yeah, that he's acting like a guilty person. (laughs) Snitches get stitches. He's acting like (laughs) he has something to hide. I mean, even the anger over Michael Cohen's office being raided. 
He called it a break-in. They broke in. Yeah, and he's he's angry about it. Yes. I mean, there are reports coming out of the White House about his emotional fits that he's having because he's so angry. Cracking up. Why would you be Brittany, so... Cracking up. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Jesse D. Why would he be so angry about this if there's nothing to hide? There's, no collusion. They are. You know? <laughs> they, there's, that's a great Trump. There's no problem. They, they are uncovering. Sh- they're going to uncover shit. Yeah, what, you, does Don, what, what, what does Robert Mueller know that we don't fucking know? I cannot wait if there's, to find n- out. If there's nothing to be concerned about, you are Donald Trump having a tea party in the White House singing fa la 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 la. Like, there's no concern. Is that, is that a song? Yeah, there's no concern <laughs> that you should have because you're not guilty, right? And so even if he, right. they're, they're, they can raid it up, they can raid it up and they're basically wasting their time, right? Yeah, I don't get it. I mean, because, listen, if the FBI came and they said, hey, listen, we want to we wanna look through your files because of the your connection to the, the Trump-Russia thing, I'd say, fuck yeah, get in there, bro. Look all <laughs> up in there. You're not going to find fucking anything. Yeah, and I mean, I know there are people listening to this who think, well... If, if a cop asks to search your car, even if you have nothing to hide, you just say no, you know, and I, I understand that, like the overreach of. Sure, but without probable cause, they clearly have probable cause. Right. And that's that's kind of what I I don't understand it is he's making himself out to be this innocent victim of horrific government overreach. <laughs> and I mean, you're the president. That's that's it. Listen, the Justice Department is not going to start fucking with the president's personal attorney unless they've got a real reason to do so. Yeah, this is serious business. I think that they're going to be pretty sure about themselves before they do something like this. It is. You think? You think? Look, I've been walking around with a fucking smile on my face for for two full weeks because of all the shit that's coming out. Because we are closer and closer and closer to the trigger getting pulled on this thing. And it, it's going to have a positive outcome for America and a decidedly less positive outcome for Donald Trump, I believe. So we'll wait and see. The other big news was today, Paul Ryan announced he's not running for re-election. Mm-hmm. The Speaker of the House of Representatives, fourth in line to the presidency. Is it fourth or is it third? I think it's third. Third in line. Right? Because Vi- vice president. Vice president, speaker of the house. Yeah. He's not, he's stepping down. Mm-hmm. He's giving away one of the most powerful positions in America politically. Mm-hmm. Because wow. it's the right thing to do. Right. Oh, my kids miss me, y'all. Well, they've missed you this whole time, dude. <laughs> Something, no. something he either feels like he's going to lose that race and that would be fucking humiliating. Yeah, his family staged an intervention and they said, you're working too much. Listen, we talked to Jason Chaffetz's family and they said they've been <laughs> having a great time. Yeah, yeah. Dude, come on. Mm-hmm. Something's up. Yeah, and I, I've seen people talking about, well, wondering whether he will take the remaining time to push back against Donald Trump in a way that he did not have the backbone to do previously. It would be so great if he did. I don't hold out hope for that. Yeah, it's kind of the situation with uh, Trey Gowdy. 
is that his name? The one who That's did right. the the Vice interview with mm-hmm. Michael Moynihan. Yeah. And he was known as this hyperpartisan Benghazi guy. Yeah, this hyperpartisan goofball who was just I mean, just known as a bomb thrower, someone who is like difficult to get along with, I think, right? Um, Hyperpartisan crazy guy. He's the one who was grilling uh, Hillary Clinton for like 11 hours in, in committee hearings and shit right. I mean, uh, over the Benghazi thing. And then also this Russia thing. And now he's bowing out and yeah. he did this interview with Vice News uh, with Michael Moynihan and he sounds like the most reasonable guy on the planet. Right? In the interview, right. Yeah. And you're like, what the hell have you been doing this whole time? Yeah, Was man. that a performance? Yeah. What have you been doing for years? Unbelievable. And it, so it's the same thing with Paul Ryan. If he does start challenging Donald Trump, he's just admitting that this has been a game that he's playing this whole time. Yeah, he's going to look like a piece of shit more than he already does. Yeah. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's wrap this dollarocracy segment. I got one more thing I wanted to talk about. I was going to talk about it at the front. We just kind of went off the rails. It just kind of took on a life of its own. But this is, apart from all the Russia stuff, apart from the investigations, apart from all the scandals, getting back to the fundamentals of why Donald Trump is a problem, he is appointing people who are off the charts dangerous in what they believe. He has appointed, nominated for the federal bench, a judicial nominee for federal court. Her name is Wendy Vitter. And when asked in her confirmation hearing before the Senate, she was asked about Brown v. Board of Education, mm-hmm. the, the landmark judicial Supreme Court ruling that struck down Plessy versus Ferguson which was the ruling that said separate but equal was okay. That schools could be segregated. Life in America could be segregated because separate is still equal. Mm-hmm. Brown v. Board said, fuck that, no. That is unconstitutional. Right. And integrated the schools. She was asked about this. Seems like a no goddamn brainer. Doesn't it? Hey, do you believe in segregation? No, hell no. Of course not. Well... I think she was asked specifically if she agreed with the decision, right? Right. Yes. Here it is. Do you believe that Brown versus Board of Education was correctly decided? Senator, I don't mean to be coy, but I think I get into a, a difficult, um, a different, difficult area when I start commenting on Supreme Court decisions, which are correctly decided and which I may disagree with. Again, my personal political or religious views, I would set aside. That is Supreme Court precedent. It is binding. If I were honored to be confirmed, I would be bound by it. And of course, I would uphold it. Do you believe it was correctly decided? And again, I respectfully um, not comment on what could be my boss's ruling, the Supreme Court, I would be bound by it, and if I start commenting on I agree with this case or don't agree with this case, I think we get into a slippery slope. The natural follow-up needs to be, well, do you believe in segregation? Yeah, and th- this is interesting because the much of the uh, conversation, <laughs> is that a conversation? Much of the questioning... <laughs> 
um, in this hearing was related to views that she has expressed throughout her life and whether those views would influence her judgment, basically. And so she's... A, Justifiable questions. Yeah, she's a pro-life person and to a concerning degree, <laughs> meaning that she like uh, was a part of this panel that distributed this brochure and the panel was called Abortion Hurts Women and the brochure promoted claims uh, linking birth control pills to breast cancer, cervical and liver cancers, and violent death. So she's a fucking moron, too. And this violent death, the brochure alleged that women who take oral contraceptives prefer men with similar DNA, and that women in these partnerships have fewer sexual relations, leading to more adultery and, quote, understandably, violence. Oh, you almost had it. You're going to be quicker than that. (laughs) So... They asked her about this in terms of, uh, as a judge, would she enforce Roe Ro v. Wade, right? Mm-hmm. And that's when she said she would put aside her personal beliefs, and that's the ruling, yada, yada. But she didn't talk about what her personal beliefs would be here. She right. tried to skirt the issue, saying, that's the judgment. I would put aside my my personal beliefs. It's like, well, we got into what your personal beliefs are on abortion. What are right. your personal beliefs here? Well, it's just what why would what would you have to what personal belief would you have to put aside relative to Brown v. Board? What does that mean? Does yeah. that mean oh yeah, well yeah, with blacks and whites can't be miscegenating. We need to be separate. Yeah, do. Yeah, it, it seems odd. I couldn't find it. I haven't played it in forever. Yeah. Well, what the hell does she believe about segregation that would have to be set aside? That's that's the question. Yeah, doesn't it seem odd that there there can be a conversation about her yes. her position on abortion and how yes. that might might play a role, but then in answering this question, there's not a lot of light being shed on what her personal beliefs are there. <laughs> God damn. So that's concerning. That is very very concerning. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's uh let's wrap this sucker. It's the asshole of today. So David Brody and Jenna Browder of the Christian Broadcasting Network's Faith Nation, in addition to Fox and Friends and Ainsley Earhart. We got a jam-packed asshole of today segment for you here. Um, Ainsley Earhart. What about the majority? Okay, the majority. I'm tired of protecting the minority. That one. Uh, (laughs) The very same. She interviewed David Brody and Jenna Browder and asked them about evangelicals and why they still support Donald Trump. And there were some interesting takes here. The media is now claiming President Trump is losing support among evangelicals. Listen. When it suits the politics, the piety is great. And when it doesn't suit the politics, the piety is easily excused. And that is hypocrisy. Trump's support among white evangelicals is falling. How did we go from Matthew 25 evangelicals to Stormy Daniels evangelicals? 
All right, but what happens when you actually talk to value voters? Here now are the co-hosts of CBN's Faith Nation, Jenna Browder and David Brody. Thank you both for being with us. Great to your be with you. Your show's awesome. Congratulations you. on your success. So, Jenna, you sat down. You wrote an article that I read that's on mm -hmm. CBN's website, and you sat down with Tony Perkins from Family Research Council, and you asked him, with in light of Stormy Daniels, in light of the Billy Bush video, why are so many evangelicals supporting the president? What was his response? Yeah, you know, it comes down to grace, and he, of course, had that. Uh, infamous uh, mulligan comment, but he explained that to me, and it, it really does come down to grace and the fact that this president uh, continues to, for the most part, keep it clean in office. We're not hearing about scandals uh, coming out of the Oval Office, and that he continues to deliver on policies that are really important to evangelicals. David, are people, there, are they voting for the Supreme Court? Are they voting for um, how they perceive marriage? Are they voting? What are, why are we going to the polls to vote nowadays? And do the social issues do what we did in the past do they are they carried carried with us into the voting box Ma many of those social issues are they're voting in the macro uh, as jenna was talking about they they see that from a long time ago a lot of the past look he, he's not a boy scout right this just in but they knew that beforehand and mm -hmm. they realized also that the culture had deteriorated so much mm -hmm. uh, especially in the last 10 to 12 years that they're to a point where they will try anything they are so desperate uh, for someone to bring judeo-christian values back to this uh, country and mm -hmm. so here comes donald trump uh, warts and all showing that God definitely has a sense of humor, for sure. All right, so look at the Pew poll. Pew poll says one-fourth of the electorate in 2016, they voted evangelically, or there, there are evangelicals, voted for President Trump. A recent poll shows 78% of evangelicals approves of the president. Mm -hmm. Why is that? Well, there's a lot of different reasons for it. Obviously, it's the, uh, the values that he... Look, I, I was talking to an evangelical leader the other day, mm -hmm. and I said, so what's on tap for 2018? This was a few months ago. He said... Wells has left, exactly. I mean, he has done everything that evangelicals have wanted him to do. And so it's funny because if you remember back in the campaign, a lot of folks were saying, oh, he's just playing evangelicals mm -hmm. like a fiddle. Not at all. He's actually delivering on many of those campaign promises. Yeah, and many of them, Ainsley, a lot of people who we talked to out there, we were just at an evangelical mm -hmm. conference over the weekend, and many of them will tell you they're very protective of this president, and they feel like the more the mainstream media go after him, the more they feel to, to the need to protect him. And a lot of uh, journalists just don't understand this, mm -hmm. but evangelicals, many will tell you that they believe that Donald Trump is God's chosen candidate. I'm going to end it there. There's like a minute and a half left, but God damn, I can't, I can't do it. Yeah. So the key part of that for me was when she said, quote, this president continues to, for the most part, keep it clean in office. It really does come down to grace and the fact that this president uh, continues to, for the most part, keep it clean in office. We're not hearing about scandals uh, coming out of the Oval <laughs> Office. Brittany. We're not hearing about scandals coming out of the Oval Office. You know what I noticed listening to that clip that you just played? Is she kind of lingers on the S. Scandals. Yeah, yeah, She yeah. kind of did that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You think that was intentional? I don't know. So it's fucking I, ridiculous, I though. think this is a, a little bit of a cleanup on the messy talking point that Donald Trump hasn't actually done anything in the Oval Office like Bill Clinton did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So she's saying we're not hearing about scandals coming out of the Oval Office. He's not actively participating in terrible behavior in the Oval Office like Bill Clinton did. But she's just saying it in a different way. In a stupid way. And there are scandals coming out of the Oval Office. He's engaged in scandal with his family right 
um, Jared Kushner, the problematic relationships that he has. Meeting with the Russians and giving them intel that was provided to us by uh, the Israelis is a fucking scandal, lady. Yeah, I mean, all of the emoluments concerns. Yes! There are many issues, okay? So even if you want to ignore the Stephanie Clifford, the Karen McDougal, the Access Hollywood tape, if you want to ignore all that stuff and try to act like he is is keeping it clean in the in the Oval Office. Well, he's God's candidate. Jesus has reached down from on high and anointed the brow of Donald Trump and made him a president of the United States, Brittany. Or maybe she's saying we're not hearing about scandals because she's like literally speaking to the Fox News audience right. that they are not hearing about the scandals. That's right. Yeah, she's literally, they're not hearing about it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Assholes. Of today. I thought it was funny on the clip, too. She kept looking into the camera, like talking to Ainsley and then looking into the camera. Is that what they do on like CBN? Like show. I don't know. I don't know. You think I watch CBN? Well, I... What is happening right now? I don't know. <laughs> Come on. We all know about CBN. <laughs> That's the Pat Robertson Network. The yeah. 700 Club. They must look into the camera because that, that has to be a, a tactic to have you feel like you're connected to them so that you give them more money so that you call in and pay Hmm. them maybe we should start employing that (laughs) it's a good strategy (laughs) all right speaking of strategies i strategize to end this show right now thank you for joining us we appreciate your participation your loyalty your listenership your ratings and reviews on apple podcasts stitcher wherever you listen to the show If you are not a subscriber to the show, if you are a goer to the website and stream the show from the website, subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on Google Play Music. Hell, even even, um, Stitcher, I think you can subscribe. I don't know much about that. But anyway, we're going to end it there. We love you guys. We'd love to hear from you about this show, about other shows, about whatever. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. We will see you next time. You can be sure of that. For Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollamore, and this has been I Doubt It. Uh, Jesse made a really good joke about dicks or, you know. <laughs> I think-